Chapter 2 of Mabel Ross, The Sewing Girl. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 2 The Sewing Machine. Click, click, click. It's pretty, Mabel. Lily loves to hear it, and to see the wheels run round so fast, so fast. And little Lily would clap her hands in delight as the bright new sewing machine whirred its busy music. While, guided by Mabel's fingers, the snowy linen received its neat rows of fairy stitches. The lively talk and pretty ways of her little sister were the recreation which enlivened Mabel's monotonous labors. She could almost, for a time, forget in them their sad orphanage and their poverty. But was it poverty? This was the question the young girl often asked herself, often through the busy hours of the day, oftener still in the silent ones of the night. Was it poverty she was knowing now, when, by her sewing machine, purchased with the last of the money which came into her hands at the time of her mother's death, only reserving enough to pay one month's advance rent for the couple of neat rooms she occupied with her little sister? She could make enough, nay, more than enough, to meet their daily necessities? It is true that by night she was wearied through her twelve hours' ceaseless labors, but her sleep rested her and she was contented, happy but for her recent loss. And when, after prayer, she pillowed the curly head of her young sister on her breast, it was with no feeling of repining that God had taken the two loved ones to himself, but of thankfulness that he had still left them so much. Six days of the seven were so passed. Then came a bright change, one sweet, soul-and-body-reviving day, delightful in anticipation, soothing in reality, contenting in retrospect, the Sabbath, the beautiful God-given Sabbath, the crowning light to that world which its glorious Maker had said was good. To Mabel, it was very much more than a day of rest. It was one of revivifying enjoyment and of encouragement to well-doing. On that day, more than any other, seemed to come to her sweetly her mother's words, I leave you, Mabel, the mother of my little Lily. Make her worthy that home to which we all are speeding. Make her worthy that home. Oh, if she failed in this, she failed indeed in her earthly duties. She was given life and strength in vain, clearly saw her path marked out in vain and that she should not fail, she kept her heart fixed on the sacred trust, and watched from day to day the passage of the infant feet entrusted to her care. She taught the child to love the Sabbath, and the bountiful Sabbath giver. She made the day not one of restraint and weariness, but of cheerful, heart-lifting thankfulness and prayer. With the little girl she attended morning service in the church their mother had first taken them to and there strove to fix the attention and understanding of her young companion. Then, after their simple dinner, came a long walk, if weather permitted, to invigorate each after the homestaying of the week. During these walks, it was Mabel's custom to talk with the little girl on those sacred themes she wished to impress on the mind of the child, bringing her language, so nearly as she could, to the comprehension of her companion. And that readiness, that mysterious readiness, 
to comprehend divine truths so frequently seen in the very young, showed itself, to Mabel's delight, in her infant sister. Startling were the questions she would put. Beautiful the ideas which, simply conceived, she as simply confided to her guide. An endless theme between the orphan sisters was the departed mother, the angel in heaven, as Mabel taught the child to conceive her, watching with unwearying interest the well-doing of her children on earth. The first agony of her grief exhausted, it became a sad pleasure to Mabel to yield to the more tranquil weeping which such conversations as these would cause. And when the weather was such as confined them to the house, the pleasant talks would take place in the snug little room, which, in the limited economy of Mabel's housekeeping, answered every purpose but that of a sleeping apartment. Lily was not a robust child, and Mabel was careful to try her as little as possible. With six o'clock, the latter's weekday evening was over, and after the supper which followed, if other household duties or weather did not interfere, she would stroll out for a time with little Lily. Sometimes it was but a few moments so spent, sometimes half an hour. But little or more, it all did its service in giving health and strength to the child and the young sower. These were the times when were made Mabel's and Lily's occasional visits to their sisters. Occasional only, as both Mrs. Lemming and Mrs. Kingsley lived too far from Mabel's humble abode to permit the walk to be taken so frequently as she and the little Lily would have wished. Whenever opportunity offered, however, Hilda and Minnie would come to their sister's home, and these were the most frequent seasons of reunion in the little family. With regard to neither of the older of her sisters was Mabel's mind quite at ease, though her concern was principally aroused for Hilda. The violence of the latter's grief for her mother's loss with time subsided, but she gave no promise of content under her new circumstances. Her unequal temper showed itself in spells of alternate petulance and gloom upon such occasions as she and Mabel met, but no spark of her old liveliness was yet to be seen. It is true that she confessed candidly to her sister that she had no cause of complaint against her cousin since coming under her roof. She was exacting in her work, to be sure, keeping her for the chief hours of the day, busily employed with her needle. But Hilda knew this fell far short of the time Mabel herself labored, and had the grace to offer no complaint concerning it. She had good clothes and a comfortable home, yet asserted herself to be miserably unhappy. The why may be understood, if not explained, by a conversation between herself and Mabel some five months after the death of their mother. Upon this occasion, Hilda had come to visit her sister toward the close of the afternoon, and as they busily talked, the click-click, as little Lily called it, of the sewing machine under Mabel's busy fingers, kept up a lively accompaniment, and one that prevented their words too distinctly reaching the ear of the child. End of chapter 2